I've had great teachers and I have terrible teachers, but from all my teachers, I learned something, even if it was don't make people feel stupid or don't leave people to their own devices without explaining them why. Hello, 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 friends, and welcome to the first episode of Do I Need School to Be? An interview show in which me, Alex, sits down with people in the creative field to talk about how they learned their trade and their journey with education. We're all different and we all learned in our own particular ways. And in this show, I want to talk to creatives about what their experience has been, what experiences shaped them, what teachers, and what they think will happen in the future of education. On this first episode, I'm actually not the host, but I'm being the one interviewed. And yeah, it's just a really fun conversation with one of my future guests about why I made this podcast. And yeah, we go off the rails, but I really hope you enjoy it and that you'll listen to episode two. Uh, have fun. And welcome your first guest, who is actually the host of this podcast. You don't know who I am. I'll come later on. The host of this podcast, Alex Villachis. You just butchered my last name, though. Wait, what's your last name? Villachis. Villachis. Yeah, almost. You, How have I known you for three years and not known that it's Villachis? Well, it's, a lang- it's in Spanish and it's a language that you don't know, so I don't blame you. You don't hold it against me that I cannot say your last name, so... I do hold it against you. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay, let's focus. Okay, let's focus. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so the, in this first episode, basically, I'm going to like introduce myself. So in future episodes, people know who they're talking about. T- talking to. God damn it. Okay, go, Armin. Ugh. All right, so... I will delete your name. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to throw your own questions at you and see how you handle them. Nice. Awesome. So who are you and what are you currently working on? So, who am I? Uh, my name is Alex Villasis. It's Ale- my full name is Maria Alejandra, but it's I live in an English-speaking country. I live in the Netherlands, who's actually a Dutch-speaking country. But um, the second language is English. And yeah, Alex is a lot easier. That's what my grandparents call me, so I go by Alex. And what I'm currently working on is this podcast. I've always been very curious about the connection between um, creatives and education, since we're all shaped by something. And I wanted to sit down with creative people to talk about their journeys. I think there are a lot of podcasts that talk about their work and what they're currently working on, but not enough that go into how they got there. Or if they do, it's very brief. It's just like, I went to this school, but it's not about what teachers they had and what influences they had or what experiences shaped them the most. So that's the reason that I made this podcast. And was there any particular incident that made you particularly curious about how do people get to where they are in terms of a process in their life or in terms of the specific discipline that they're in? I think it had a lot to do with the fact that because I've moved around the con- around the world so much, I was born in Ecuador to an Ecuadorian father, a Honduran mother, then I moved to Mexico, then I moved to Germany, then I moved to the Netherlands. I met a lot of people and I realized that everybody has their own path and there is not a set set of rules for a set set of rules. God, that's awful. There is not a single way to achieve what you want to achieve. So you, and then when I came to this university, because I started university later in life at when I was 26, I saw a lot of people that had completely different paths than I had. People who were self-taught, people that were designing amazing things on instinct and other people that needed more effort. Like I was one of them. And I became very curious about how we were all going through the same thing, but in an unique way. 
So you touched upon the countries that you hopped from before getting here. Uh, can you delve a little bit more into how much, what did you do at each country? How did you get here? What were you learning during your nomad days? Oh, Jesus. Okay, so um, my, I think everything started with my parents. My parents met when my dad was in university in Honduras. He made my mom. They, met, they fell madly in love and they moved to Ecuador. Then when I was 15, and then they had my older sister, they had me, and then my younger sister. Eventually, we moved to Mexico because of my dad's job, and I went to school there. I finished high school there, and then we moved to Germany again because of my dad's job. And that transition wasn't very hard because I had been already in a German school. So when I was 12, my parents sent me to Germany for two months to do an exchange, and that was like my first view into somebody else's reality into going from a place in which it's too dangerous for me, a 12-year-old, to be alone on a bus, to be in a place where it was expected of me to be in public transportation alone because it was safer. So that opened my eyes from the very beginning to how different pe- how people can live different ways in different parts of the world. And then in Mexico, even though we spoke the same language, it was a completely different context and a completely different social structure at, at some points. And then moving to Germany, in Germany, I went to, I originally wanted to be an engineer, but I failed miserably in, out of German high school. And I just so happened that I moved across the street from a design school. And I went, I went in it thinking I'm going to be here for a year because design was never an option for me. It was, if you study design, um, I don't want to be designing wedding invitations. I don't want to just design, um, marketing campaigns, nothing against them. It's just not what I want to do. And that was the, the landscape that was proposed to me in Latin America. So when I was in Germany, I go randomly into the school. I fall in love with it. I realized that that's what I want to do. I graduate and I start working for this uh, data company making infographics like full time. And I liked it, but I didn't love it. It felt like I needed more and I didn't know what it was. I became a German citizen because I had lived in Germany for so long and I decided, okay, I want to um, get more education. I want to get my BA because my first degree was just a technical degree. Around the same time, my parents had been continuing their hopping around the world and they had made their way to the Netherlands. And then I was looking for schools in Spain, in France, in Belgium. And they said, hey, there's a design school here. Check it out. And I ended up coming here. So... I ended up in the Netherlands and here I am four years later making this podcast. I think my eyes just glazed over with the number of countries and languages and cultures you've named at this point. Yeah, so right now I speak five languages or well, four and I'm learning the fifth, which is Dutch. So I speak English, Spanish, German, French, and I'm working on my Dutch. How How is that going? I'm 68 days into Duolingo. So how do you think? Okay, let me remember. When I was 14 days into Duolingo, I could say, Ich bin ein Mann, which means I am a man, which is a completely <laughs> useless sentence to say. So, can you say that you're a woman? Ich bin ein Frau, yeah. Sick, okay. <laughs> She's A-level, guys. We don't need to... We don't need to well, A-level is the most basic that. one, so oh, yeah, shit, technically. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the language levels never made any sense to me. Why is A the lowest one? It shouldn't be... The, okay, never mind. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> we can just edit this out, don't worry. We can rant, we can rant doesn't matter. I was wondering, how do you profile yourself as a designer? Because I know you're very entrepreneurial in how you approach 
the things you do in life in general, like taking on this podcast as like your own initiative. Um, uh, the you, I, I know you uh, work a lot with infographics, for example, for a lot of clients you work on. Oh, uh, work for yes, English. Work with. Work with yes, better English. So I was wondering if you feel like you have a certain domain that you prefer working in as a designer, or is trying different things your entire spice? So. I think that's the thing. My favorite thing about coming back to school and going to this university is that it allowed me to explore more what I wanted to do as a designer. The reason that I left my full-time job is because I wasn't satisfied just making infographics. I wanted to see what else I could do. And then through the journey, in this the, the rocky journey of education, um, I landed into Next Design Lab, which is my minor, my minor now. And... I realized the reason that I wanted to design is because I want to design solutions for people who don't have them. I think there is this gaping hole in the industry because designers design for people who are like them, who are people who are usually highly educated, people who are privileged, and people who have acquisitive power and from a certain socioeconomical background. But nobody's designing for the people who are poor or the people who are in need or for nonprofits. We don't want to design for you want to design for the Nikes and the Adidas and the Apples. Nobody wants to design for the nonprofit on the corner. So I feel like as a designer, I want to fulfill that hole. I I am plagued of my every day of my life by this thought. And I think that's where my entrepreneurial spirit comes from. I think it comes largely from my mom. But I think it also comes from the fact that I am haunted by the thought that I got extremely lucky, that I was born to my parents when I was born, and that in the conditions that I was born, in the same maternity ward that wasn't extreme, that wasn't very fancy because we, we could afford at the time, there was probably another little girl who was born at the same times in the same place that I was but didn't get as lucky. She's probably working as a maid in a hotel somewhere, or she's working as a secretary, or maybe she's not. Even, she didn't even get an education. Like, how dare I, with the luck that I got, not do my best to offer help to her? And that's why I want to work in like my profile. I do graphic design, and I also want to do service design, which is applying design thinking to solving problems and creating products for companies and other, and other businesses. And I want to do that with that background, thinking that I want to put out this good thing in the world. And if I can just solve one problem, if I can help one business create a product for one person that needs it badly, I'm fine with that. And for example, I'm working with a friend right now. We're developing a tool for emotional agility, which is teaching kids a nonverbal way to communicate their emotions without needing to use like puppets and without saying like being happy is good and being angry is bad. And same thing with that. It's like if I can help one kid express themselves one way and get help because that's how they could get help, I'm good. So yeah, that's that's my long-winded way to say that I am a graphic designer and service designer with a social entrepreneurial direction. It's a very good description. <laughs> <laughs> I've thought about this a lot. I, I generally think that tagline... Uh, very summarized yourself took so long to make but I, know. I think it, it works really well it huh? works really well I think it works I think it's worth the amount of time yeah so Alex in your journey in discovering your so, domains and disciplines yeah. as a designer what kind of teachers did you encounter on your way here 
teachers could be people it could be uh events anybody's a teacher situations you've been in um well the first the first teachers would be my parents my dad who instilled in me a sense of curiosity since i was very young and my mom who was always very entrepreneurial very on the go very looking into how to make things better for everybody and i just always saw her doing things and exploring new things and pushing herself so she was my my first the first two people teachers that i had in my life then um i was very lucky that i had a lot of like random teachers that were great so for example i had when i think about it when i go about it in my mind um i had a really great biology teacher who his name was herr richter it was the first uh, science class that i had in german and i had just come back from germany so it was perfect because my german was like on point and everything that he taught us was always very anecdotal so he found a way to make every class very funny and very brought down to our level it wasn't that nature is out there it's like nature is here always brought everything happened to him in his farm every story came from a farm where he grew up so it was hilarious and then the same year i had another great teacher i had um frau mestanza which was my math teacher and it was like i kid you not a one a woman who was 150 beefy tiny glasses hair pulled back in a tiny ponytail she instilled fear in us from the very beginning like you respected her when she entered a room you respected her you were quiet the entire class you were enamored by what she was teaching you when she would laugh she would laugh this way ha 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 like literally ha 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 and she was always so ceremonious like if you had a question she would it was so theatrical if you had a question she would you would raise your hand and she would say student please tell me what you need it was so sounds like a disney villain (laughs) she was so entertaining to watch and you or if you had to go get something to your locker she should be like please just hand gesture please go across the stage and get it everything was so detailed and so amazing and i just became enamored with the way she taught and i hope i can go back to edward soon like say hi to her and tell her like she was in my podcast because i i think she would laugh she would like with her particular ha 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 laugh hi mrs what's her name again miss stanza hi mrs miss stanza oh, mrs miss stanza is such a Probably. fun thing to say i know <laughs> Yeah, she was great. And then I had other, I had also not so great teachers. I had teachers that, I remember I had a math teacher when I was in Germany and I credit to him me failing out of uh, German high school. He was not good. He was not a good teacher. He was more interested in just going through the syllabus and actually talking to us. And he assumed that because three people understood what he was talking about, the rest of us did. And he gave no support whatsoever. So... I, part of me thinks that he was a teacher that enjoyed making me feel stupid and I hated that I think he deterred me completely from math and then when I was in art school in in Germany I had a teacher who was again doing the bare minimum he had to do to teach like he would give us an assignment leave the room completely for three hours and then come back to like oh you're finished good bye never even explaining what we had to do or anything so I think it was I've had great teachers and I have terrible teachers, but from all my teachers, I learned something, even if it was don't make people feel stupid or don't leave people to their own devices without explaining them why. I think it's a very, it's a, it's a skill to not 
be guided by your ego while you're teaching because yeah. it is such a hierarchical hierarchical structure like listen children i i shall embark you on a journey of knowledge exactly and i will be your leader in this way and detaching your ego from that and generally getting down to that level and explaining to them side by side rather than from the top uh is such an important aspect of teaching someone in a way which is more empathetic and less exactly here you have finally deserved this bit of knowledge that i have given to you exactly and i give you for like in their instances in which letting people just just learn on their own it's it's good like for example here in the academy when we have access to the riso printer or any or the um silk printers you get a workshop from one hour and then it's like leave your own devices but you know that the person is always present there that if the machine stops working you're going to get help you can experiment you have these people in the stations i will go to i will go to war for nora in the in the material station in the wood station because she will explain something to you you will do it and she's there to help you not not only to keep you safe because that's her job to keep you safe from cutting your fingers off but also from helping you and looking into which is the best way you can do something and you get that support so I don't think that a teacher should always be there like watching over your shoulder. I think it should be an an always present thing that you know if I need help, I can go to you. So with that that math teacher that I mentioned the one in Germany, you couldn't ask him even questions. Like when the class was over, he was out. He was jacket on five minutes before the class ends, grab his bags and leave. So there was this lack of connection. He was like there to do a job. And I get it, teaching is a job. But I think especially when you're teaching people who have creative proclivities, the extra mile should not be an extra mile it should be like okay i'm going to take time to see what this person actually needs i think that's something that the academy does very well that people who work in the stations are very attentive and they want to help you they want to see you succeed and they want to experiment as much as you want to i like the way that the tools at the academy are generally treated like this is a machine and it works like this you can reappropriate the operations of this machine however you want there is no like one step by step process that you're supposed to follow with something if you want to use a silk screen to create a light projection map or something yeah go for it like it's just the physical hardware is there what you do with the hardware is up to you as long as you don't break it it's just that don't break it yeah. it's just don't break it and as long as you don't break it you can do whatever the hell you want and maybe you'll be successful at it maybe you won't be successful at it but it's not about being successful or not it's about just making the thing and gaining that experience i learned that you should never put uh transparent paper in the eraser printer because it would fuck it up oh because it's too glossy it doesn't absorb ink oh because it's too glossy because it's too glossy yeah, it's not poor it's not porous it's it's a it's a material that rejects water hmm. so it will not absorb the ink it will get stuck in the machine so that's something that i learned while doing on my own but then somebody came and fixed it for me somebody helped me how taught me how to do it so we took my better techniques for using transparent paper so yeah it was a whole thing it was really fun times fun times fun learning experience yeah. which hopefully did not break the printer of course <laughs> please don't break a riso printer it's that's a sin there was like one riso printer in the school and the graphic design department was like at least 60 people it's like 90 people now so yeah. better not break the printer man yeah <laughs> everyone will be mad at you So as we come to the end of a nice day of podcasting the sun is going down the owls are coming out i can see the moon let us know what do you feel how do you feel 
about the future of creative education? Where do you think it's headed? What are your hopes and dreams? I honestly don't know. And I think that's why I have this podcast. <laughs> Because I want to ask people who know more about it than I do. And I think this is, there is an interesting combination going to happen. I think that sadly, with the rise of AI, a lot of things are going to change. Like, that's supposed to be the next industrial revolution. Um, I would love to see a point in which AI is used to teach neurotypical people and then and people who are maybe not neurotypical, but they accommodate to that better. And face-to-face -face interaction can be used when needed. I think adding options, that so you can have options, be like, maybe you want to learn from my AI. Maybe you want to learn from a teacher. Maybe you want to have the face-to-face -face interaction. Maybe you don't need it. And that's why I have this podcast, because I want to see where creative education can go and where it will go in the future and how we can learn and take the best advantage from it. It's a very nice answer. Thank you. <laughs> so finally, uh, do you have something to promote other than this podcast? Um, nothing other than this part. I think that was the, the main thing. So if you're listening to this first episode, I hope you listen to the second one as well. Uh, which is coming out at the same time. Uh, and yeah, that you enjoy this journey with me, talking to people about their journey into creativity and to into creative education. See you later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> By the way, this is uh, one of the people that I'm going to be interviewing. If you, you will listen more from this man's beautiful voice in an episode in the future. So yeah, stay up to date on that. Follow my ASMR podcast. Oh, for fuck's sake. Well, I hope you like that um, because it's a little sample of what's more to come on this show in which, yeah, apparently I go off the rails talking to people about their creative journeys. Although in this case, it was my creative journey. But yeah, you'll see when it comes next. Uh, so yeah, a few things. This is a weekly podcast, so I hope to see you next week. Although this first episode comes with the second episode right away. So I hope you listen to that. And if you like what you hear, follow us on social media. You'll find all the links to that on the show notes. And yeah, I hope to be in your ears soon. God, that's awful. Okay, uh, stay, keep learning and stay curious. Have a good day. Bye. <laughs>